I'd like to start off with a first question about how a lot of women activists have been terming the early release of the convicts as a double jeopardy for both gender and religion. What do you make of this order? I I totally agree with the description that the women activists have given and I see this uh, early release as a very very uh, dishonest arbitrary and discriminatory exercise of executive discretion the law gives discretionary power to states to the state of gujarat to the central government the law has an assumption the assumption is that the state will not abuse and misuse that power in an arbitrary manner in a manner which is unequal for some citizens to f- uh, favor some others that is a basic assumption on which the rule of law works here what we see is that that basic assumption uh, foundation on which the entire rule of law works has been actually disturbed and that is why uh, there is this uh, uh, outcry against this early release we also need to remember that both women's rights activists and i would speak for myself personally have always been uh, in favor of a more reformative approach we have always said no to death sentence even for rape uh, we have said no to long and harsh incarceration and yet we see here that we are saying that if there has to be an approach by the state which is reformative in which remission early release premature release are very very laudable objectives and must be there as part of law and policy but the state does not appear to be working for citizens in an equal manner it is discriminatory in its approach and that is where the outcry is coming from uh ma'am just to add on to what you said bilkis herself has said you know in 2008 again in 2017 and in 2019 that she is also not for capital punishment and she also hopes that you know they serve their term in jail so that is something that she has also repeatedly said but what does this also say about the state of women in india and especially the state of muslim women because we've been seeing constantly from last year there was the sulli deals case then there is the bully bai case so does this also send some message across about the state of women and especially the state of muslim women in india absolutely i think the messaging is very clear on the one hand uh, you have announcements being made from the ramparts of the uh, red fort 
that uh, uh, the government stands for respect for women. And on the other hand, we see that uh, Muslim women do not seem to be deserving when the executive is taking decisions. The judiciary is coming down very heavily in cases of sexual assault, rape, etc. cetera. Uh, yes, these people had um, served 15 years or so, but then uh, that's why I'm saying it is, it's about how do we, this is perhaps one of the most heinous, despicable uh, crimes ever committed in the history of independent India, where they are targeted, babies are killed, toddlers are killed, women are raped, men are hacked, pregnant woman is, is uh, gang raped. In those circumstances, to say yes, early release, ought to be given and has been given. Uh, whereas in all other cases, the same very state comes says death penalty should be given. Uh, life uh, for the remainder of natural life. These are amendments introduced by the central government in POXO. So are we uh, uh, not, how do we square this? As citizens, as women, what is the messaging the government is giving me? What is the messaging a Muslim woman is receiving? That your respect, your bodily integrity, your dignity is of no value in this country and you are going to be a fair target and those who target you will then be uh, welcomed into society with garlands. Have you heard a single statement from the present dispensation condemning the manner in which they were welcomed. I have not heard. And this is a government that speaks more than necessary most of the time on social media. It has an entire army at work. Pin drop silence. Where are the usual suspects which come out wanting death penalty for every reason? I oppose the death penalty. I oppose death penalty even in the for the Nirbhaya gang rapists. But I am saying the state cannot act in a discriminatory manner. And if it does, that decision is completely unacceptable and cannot be upheld. Ma'am, my next question is also on social media. And I saw another interview of you where you've explained how this was not possible without the center's stamp. Because if the remission had happened as per the 1992 guidelines of the Gujarat government, uh, you know, this is not possible without them sending it to the center and then seeking their approval. Could you also help us understand that a little bit? So see, the Code of Criminal Procedure, which is the ordinary law of the land, has a chapter which deals with remission, uh, commutation, and suspension of sentences. This is an important part of penal law, where when people are put in jail, there should be, these prisons should work as correctional homes. The fact that they don't and the fact that the government does not do anything about it is a separate conversation, but a linked conversation. If after, the law says that if after, when you are given life sentence, then after serving 14 years uh, in a murder case, when you are given life sentence, after serving 14 years, you have a right to present an application. You are eligible for being considered for early release. It is an eligibility that arises after 14 years, not a right that I will be released after 14 years. 
If that was the case, then there will be no person in the state of Gujarat prison or anywhere else who has crossed 14 years of incarceration. We know that that is far from the truth. So you have a, you can say, please consider me for, then there are a set of parameters. The first question, and these are laid down by the Supreme Court in judgments. The first question to be asked by that committee is whether the offense is an individual act of crime that does not affect society. This is the first question that has to be considered when early release is asked for. What is the answer to that question? In a case of this nature, does this, you see these people, this was a hate crime. They were targeted because of their identity. The women were gang raped, a toddler was thrown to death. So this was a, what can be a more heinous crime? You are, as, a, as citizens of India, you have refused to live at peace. These, this particular incident occurred when this entire extended family was fleeing. They had left their village and these people chased them with arms. It is a premeditated pursuit of hate crime. So is it a crime only against Bilkis and her deceased family? Is it not a crime against the secular fabric of India? Is it not a crime against every single constitutional value on which this country was built? So the first, when you, the first answer fails, how can this committee have given this? So this is a complete abuse of executive discretion which the state of Gujarat has done with central government. How does the state do this? Why does the central government come into play in this case? Firstly, we have to remember, this case had been closed by the police in Gujarat. Bilkis, with the support of activists, pursued her quest for justice. The matter was transferred to the CBI by the Supreme Court of India because it was understood by the Supreme Court that there would be no fair investigation by the Gujarat police into the attack on Muslims in 2002. That is a very grave indictment of the state of Gujarat at that time. This trial is then transferred out of the state of Gujarat to Bombay because again, the Supreme Court is of the view that a fair trial cannot take place in the state of Gujarat. Again, a very telling comment on the state of Gujarat. After that, there is a conviction at the trial and there is a, the conviction again upheld by the Bombay High Court. Because this is a CBI investigated case, the law lays down in section 435 of the Code of Criminal Procedure that the state government, while granting early release or remission, shall consult the central government, therefore the state of Gujarat, and I will assume that the state of Gujarat will follow the law of the land, would have consulted the Union Home Ministry. So the Union Home Ministry has agreed and endorsed this release. So yes, we hear certain things from the ramparts of the Red Fort, but what do we see on the ground? And this is what impacts the lives of Muslim women. We also need to remember here that this is not a, the, the, one of the uh, convicts went to the Supreme Court because there was confusion that which state government is the appropriate government under law to decide the question of remission. 
because the trial had taken place in the state of Maharashtra, the Supreme Court clarified and said, go to the state of Gujarat because the court has an expectation that the state will exercise power without uh, discriminating against its citizens. Article 14 says we are all going to get equal treatment in the eyes of law. It seems to uh, uh, not be the case here. So therefore, this went before Gujarat. There is no problem with the 1992 policy being followed. The policy that has to be followed is the policy that was operational at the time of uh, conviction. In 2008, it was the 1992 policy. What does the 1992 policy say? It said, consider the application. Of course, you can consider the application. What did you do on the consideration of the application? The 1992 policy does not say, if a convict puts an application after 14 years, open the doors of the jail and march them out and garland them. No, the 1992 policy does not say that. And this was agreed to by the central government. So let us be very clear. The union home ministry is in agreement with the state of Gujarat in a completely horrific crime saying that people should be released. This very same union home ministry, which is in every law, seeking longer and harsher death sentences. So uh, there's really not very too much mystery about what is happening in the country. Ma'am, my final question. I just want to read a line of Bilkis's statement here. My sorrow and my wavering faith is not for myself alone, but for every woman who is struggling for justice in courts. She said this yesterday night. And is there at all a judicial review that is possible in this case? If yes, how is how how can she do that? And what are the options that are available for her? See, I think we need to recognize one thing very clearly. I have always had huge respect for Bilkis, for what she has done. Uh, it's it's uh, uh, very, very, I don't think we can even uh, comprehend what she and her family have gone through. I salute her for her courage and her tenacity. And I think the system and all of us need to stop putting the burden on her. This is not her burden. A judicial review of this, and I think she has said this in her statement, it is the state's responsibility to ensure that justice is done. I don't think any longer anyone can ask Bilkis to take any legal struggle forward. This is not Bilkis's responsibility. What is the state of Gujarat doing? It is an executive decision passed by its own advisory body. Why doesn't it ask for a review? What is the central government doing? What is the union home ministry doing? What is the uh, home minister and the prime minister of India? What is the, why are they not raising a question? Why should this review be her burden? We have to stop putting the burden on the victim survivor. And let us also remember here that when activists have walked the difficult and very long journey with riot survivors and riot victims. The Supreme Court of India has uh, actually initiated penal action and punitive action against those victims, uh, against those activists, sorry, not victims. 
So that is what is being done today. The victim is being murdered, that the state will act with impunity. The victim will be left alone. If you stand by the victim, you will be put behind bars. What is happening? What is this whole, who, where is the rule of law? And stop making a mockery of, of mouthing things for women. The same government said for triple talaq, they stand for Muslim women. Is this what Muslim women had asked for? This is double speak of a kind that is no longer palatable. Thank you. Thank you so much, ma'am. I've asked all my questions. Is there anything else that you would like to add? Well, I would just add that even as I oppose this particular early release, because in my view, this is an arbitrary, discriminatory abuse of power. I want to uh, emphasize here that I strongly oppose long, harsh incarceration or sentences for every crime, including rape. And yes, reformation is the way forward. And yes, premature release should be given. But the state, this is about state acting with impunity. And th this is not about the lens of reformation does not apply to this case at all. Thank you. Thank you so much, ma'am, for speaking to me and taking the time out.